Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About Climate, a podcast where we talk about climate change and how it relates to all of us. Join us, Change the Chamber Fellows, as we talk with scientists, grassroots campaigners, politicians, and more to open up the conversation on climate. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm Jill. I'm Elin. And I'm Emily. We are excited to have Emily today join us as a guest host. Emily is a member of our Change the Chamber campaign and is a student at UC San Diego. So without further ado, this is Let's Talk About Climate. We're so excited to be here today with Tessa from Climate Voice. Climate Voice is a longtime friend of Change the Chamber, and they run multiple climate campaigns with a mission to urge companies to lobby on climate, both in business practices and in policy advocacy. So Tessa, we'd love to hear about your experience working with Climate Voice, what makes you so passionate about what you do, and a little bit about what you do at Climate Voice. Definitely. And to start, thank you all for having me here. It's really great to be able to connect with other groups that are so similar to what Climate Voice is doing, kind of build off all the positive momentum that we're all seeing. So huge thank you for willing to host us. So what I do at Climate Voice, I'm the director of the student engagement team. And what Climate Voice largely is trying to do is we're an initiative that is essentially trying to mobilize the voice of the workforce to urge companies to go all in on climate both in their business practice and in their policy advocacy. We were started by Bill Weil in February of 2020. And Bill, he was a former, of, former head of sustainability at Facebook and Google. He saw that these companies had tremendous potential to really tip the, to push the needle on climate advocacy, um, but they couldn't achieve this change from the inside and that they needed to have external pressure to kind of urge them to do more. And so that's what led him to create this group, Climate Voice, um, a group that's really focused on finding these lovers of change to push that inter to push that external pressure on the companies to act. Um, essentially, our main challenge and opportunity here is that we need to cut emissions in half by 2030 to get us to net zero by 2050. Um, sometimes I think about kind of the magnitude of that. I mean, we need to cut emissions in half by 2030. And I think, is this really possible? Like that's a lot. How are we going to achieve this? Um, and we, we all understand that there's this huge need for policy. I mean, we need to have policy that's going to kind of support the scale up and the implementation is kind of all of the changes around getting everything in the ground to really achieve a, a net zero economy. Um, and to essentially make the climate solution the cheapest solution and kind of the solution that people don't have to think twice about. Um, and we have an incredible window of opportunity right now in Washington to get climate policy passed. However, we're continuing to see kind of just challenge from powerful interests that use their massive influence to impede progress. I mean, we could think of the fossil fuel companies who spend $200 million per year um, really just to control, delay, or block any sort of climate-motivated policy. This is creating a huge narrative imbalance with these companies, these fossil fuel companies, outspending other groups 10 to 1 in their climate advocacy. 
Um, and, and in turn, it's making it very challenging to get climate policy passed. What we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of even out that narrative imbalance and motivate the companies who care about taking action on climate and who've already proven that they care about kind of making their internal operations net zero or use 100% renewable energy, um, but are just failing to recognize the power that they have over the political process. And this is where I think the real creativity around climate voice theory of change lies in how it engages individuals, both the current workforce as well as the future workforce meeting students. Um, we believe that if the current and future workforce start speaking out, we can create a competitive advantage to these companies saying that, all right, if you start to listen to the, the demands of your employees, um, and quite frankly, if you don't listen to them, you're going to be at a recruiting risk. And so thinking that companies will have to respond to what their employees want in efforts just to stay competitive. Um, so that's the high level crux of what it is that we're trying to do and why it is that we're trying to, to do that. What I really like about the climate voice theory of change is that it, it provides a very good balance in terms of individual action as well as kind of this higher level kind of political collective action that I so often find myself in debates with my friends about what is the kind of what is the most effective actions. I mean, I have friends that are hardcore vegans who think that, all right, everything is going to be solved if everybody went vegan, right? And by no means am I saying that becoming vegan is bad. I think it's a great action they can take, but not everybody is in a position where they can take these individual actions themselves. I mean, a lot of people are just trying to make ends meet and they're not even thinking about it. I mean, this also gets into a little bit of my personal worldview. And I think I'm frankly, slightly cynical of human nature. And I don't think that everybody is going to, and I, I'm slightly cynical of human nature. And I think that the more that we expect from each individual to have to do something and really to overturn their entire life, the less likely that change is going to be seen. Um, as I said earlier, that's why we need policies. That's why we need things that essentially make it a non-option for individuals to choose what's most green. And that's why we need actions that are kind of relatively small and low effort for individuals to take um, as a way to kind of create the, the policy change that we need to see. And so that's why I think kind of the sets of actions and, and things that we're really asking for from you and I and every other kind of student or employee at these companies to do are very minimally, um, very minimal time intensive, um, but potentially very impactful. Yeah, and I think that's also really important um, because even though all of us could do something small ourselves, at the end of the day, um, a lot of the pollution comes from the production line of everything that we consume. And if we are um, pushing companies to start fixing the problem from the source, um, that could create a larger impact than us just saying, we're not buying that product, even though that product has already been made and it's on the shelf and all the things that it's gone through has already happened. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think sometimes these decisions seem so far off from what we as individuals have the power to do. I mean, not everybody is a CEO of a company and really has that power to make the changes that we need to see. Um, and I think sometimes we as individuals struggle with, well, 
if we need to see this kind of high level political action, well, the only thing that I can do is vote or I can devote my whole life to kind of joining this political action advocacy group. And there's really no in between. I mean, more people do need to be voting and, and that's a great action that people can take. Um, but I think there's other small actions that we can take and Climate Voice is really amplifying that'll provide an opportunity for individuals to engage in that higher level decision-making. I mean, just kind of to that point, Ellen, the other day I was, I bought a car and I struggled so much with trying to think about, all right, what is the emissions of this car? Like, is it really, is it an ethical choice for me to buy this car? Like how much is buying a car with 20 miles per gallon versus 40 miles per gallon going to kind of have an impact? But then you think about kind of the emissions from the steel industry. Um, and I mean, the what, the three tons of carbon dioxide that my 30 mile per gallon car are going to emit or so each year is just nothing compared to a single commercial steel plant. I have nothing, I have no power over kind of changing what's happening in terms of steel production, right? I'm not a, a major CEO at a steel manufacturer. Um, but I think that there are things, and what Climate Voice is trying to say is that there are things that you and I can do to try to get at that change at that, the corporate and the political level. Getting at change at a corporate level, I think, ties really nicely into our next, couple of our next questions for you about Climate Voice's campaigns and specifically what they target. Yeah, so um, you're coming on today as a part of the launch of Climate Voice's new campaign called One in Five for 1.5. So can you tell us more about that? Definitely. So our one in five for 1.5 campaign is specifically calling on five major tech companies being Alphabet slash Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Microsoft to elevate climate as a lobbying priority in 2021 by committing one in five of their lobbying dollars for bold, just, and equitable climate policy aimed at keeping us below 1.5 degrees of warming. Um, essentially, the reason behind this campaign is that these five companies have a tremendous amount of influence, and they're currently spending a lot on lobbying already. I mean, in the year 2019 to 2020, these combined companies spent $127 million on federal lobbying. However, only 4% of this budget was devoted towards kind of any sort of climate lobbying engagement compared to big oil, 38% of the, the lobbying that they do every year. So essentially these companies have a tremendous amount of influence, but they're failing to get involved at the political level. Most of their lobbying is really around things like privacy, immigration, trade, taxes, or antitrust. Um, but what's interesting is that all of these companies are saying that climate is a huge priority for them. I'll just go through some of the commitments that each of these companies have made internally for climate. I think that really shows just how much they're committed to trying to change their internal operations. Alphabet reported emitting their entire carbon legacy through offsets as of September 2020, and they're committed to operating 24-7 on clean energy in their data centers and campuses by 2030. Similarly, Apple reached 100% of renewable energy use in their data centers by 2018, and they're committed to being carbon neutral across their supply chain. Microsoft has the goal of being carbon negative by 2030 and using 100% renewable energy by 2025. Facebook is committed to net zero greenhouse gas value chain emissions by 2030. And Amazon is the goal of being carbon neutral by 2040 and having 100% electric vehicle fleet by 2030 and 100% renewable energy use by 2025. 
I think that more companies need to be doing all of these commitments that these tech companies have done. Um, and it does seem a little odd, right? You could maybe be thinking about me listing off all of these positive actions that the tech companies are taking um, kind of internally and say, well, why are we targeting them, right? Like, why are, why are they the enemy? Normally when you're targeting your group, it's like because they're doing something bad. Um, and it's not as much that these companies are doing something bad. It's just that they could be doing more. And they say that they're so committed to solving this issue, um, but they're just failing to recognize the need to get involved on the political level. And their silence is a form of complicity. Um, and we need to change that. So what this campaign is trying to do, it's essentially is trying to engage the workforce. So engage employees and students and really say that we believe that you, these, these five big tech companies have more influence than you might think. And you need to start using that influence to get climate policy passed and to really create this narrative imbalance. We cannot continue to have these fossil fuel companies spending millions and billions of dollars more than every other company when it comes to lobbying. And we need to see individuals recognizing the power to kind of make this change and companies really responding to what individuals um, are saying and demanding of the companies. Yeah, so Climate Voice is actually doing something very similar to Change the Chamber campaign in the sense that we also target companies, specifically um, larger ones that are put a face of sustainability, like they have on their websites, different um, different goals that they are planning on doing. But then behind closed doors, they are funding huge lobbying groups, such as the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and um, constructing or obstructing climate policy. So, you know, since we are doing similar things, I would love to get your perspective on like, why is it so important to go after companies rather than just targeting politicians or the fossil fuel companies directly? I think it's broadly important to go after companies just because companies have the influence. And I mean, at the end of the day, politicians are kind of influenced by companies, right? Um, I think we see that just especially over the years, given the rise of kind of super PACs and just how much influence that companies really have over the political process. I mean, you see in debates now, everybody is trying to get away from it, is trying to make it one of their campaign um, pillars saying that, oh, yes, I'm like totally funded by individuals and I don't take a dime of corporate money. Um, and so that's why I think that it's effective to go after companies because at the end of the day, companies are the ones who are running the political process and they're the ones with the influence. Yeah, as the phrase goes, like money talks a lot, um, especially in politics nowadays. Um, so yeah. with Climate Voice, you guys put a lot of resources into getting students involved. Um, so I wanted to ask, why is it so important to get students involved with not just the campaign, but also in politics and um, making sure that corporations are held accountable for their climate actions. Why is there such a strong emphasis on students specifically? Yeah, students are really important and they've been a core part of our engagement strategy since the start of Climate Voice. Um, I think we see that students, they age bring a lot of energy to the discussion. Um, and I think traditionally we see 
or we, we see the expectation of students, students' involvement in any sort of activism to just be around the kind of student protests in the streets. I think we are trying to change that narrative a little bit at Climate Voice and saying that there are a host of other actions that you can take as a student that'll make a difference that's not just kind of having a public protest. Um, so this is really two for Climate Voice's theory of change, right? We're trying to target both the current workforce, so employees at these companies, and then future employees at these companies. Um, it's absurd the amount of money that companies will put into recruiting. Um, I mean, coming from MIT, I'm probably coming from one of the universities where companies spend the most money of them all to try to recruit, especially computer science students at that school. But students really are an asset to these companies. I mean, companies, they want to, they want to be hiring the new fresh talent every year. Um, and they do, they put a lot into no matter what school you're at trying to recruit you. And I know it's challenging sometimes to think that, all right, you could be listening to this, being a student, trying to find a job, having no success, to really believe that you are an asset and the companies want you, but you are an asset and the companies do want you, um, even if they don't show it sometimes. And I think that that's something that's really important to remember. As far as how we're trying to engage students in this campaign, um, kind of the actions have, or, Kind of our views of that have really evolved since the start of our campaign. At the start of our campaign, we were really focused on just kind of establishing how do students fit into the overall climate voice theory of change and kind of everything that I just described to you about students being really that critical lever arm is where we arrived at. Um, we then started to think about though, so how do we create this change on college campuses, right? Like what are effective actions that students could take um, and what do we really want to see them doing? We then got ourselves to, um, to thinking about essentially using every interaction that students have with an employer as a way to kind of ask questions, use their voice, and spread the theory of change. And so we want students to we want students to go around at campuses whenever they have an interaction with employers. Um, we want them to be asking a set of key questions, including how much money does this company spend on lobbying each year for climate? Um, what is their stance on climate policy, especially kind of in key areas where they're located? And what have they done, most importantly, what have they done to publicly support climate policy being passed at the local, state, and federal level? And so these are very low effort questions that students can ask. I mean, everybody's been in a job interview before and they're presented with the opportunity of, do you have any questions for me? I mean, we've provided a whole host of questions that students could ask. And I really encourage you, if you're curious to learn more, to go check out Climate Voices website. Um, we have several student toolkits um, that'll kind of explain how is it that you should approach conversations with companies and what are other key actions that you could take. Um, we, I think we struggled to a lot with with understanding of is this gonna be an effective tactic, right? And so what we then did is we began to have conversations with recruiters at these companies, the ones who the students would be talking to. And we heard from them kind of what their views on this were. And they came back to us and they said that they would, they would listen and they would respond. And they came back to us and said that, especially if they were asked a question and they didn't know the answer to it and they felt that they were supposed to know the answer to it, they would bring it back to everybody at that company. 
Um, and especially to like the more of these, the more of the same questions that they hear from students, the more that they are going to like bring that message back to the rest of the company after the recruiting event. Um, so I do think that asking these questions are going to be incredibly powerful. And I think that although it has kind of taken a backseat from our campaign right now, um, given our focus on the one in five campaign, um, I think it is critically important that we do start to see this narrative change on campuses. Another action that we're trying to get students to take is having them work with their career services to essentially ask all companies signing up for a career fair um, a series of questions about their commitments to sustainability and, and climate policy action upon registration to the career fair. Um, this really serves two purposes. So not only is it a signaling tactic to the companies um, saying that, hey, you're going to be asked these questions if you're coming to the career fair at this school, you need to have answers and we're going to be communicating these answers to the student body. Um, but B, it's also a way for students to understand kind of what a company is doing to take action on climate. I know that it was very important to me during my job search to understand what every company was doing to, to engage in, in kind of sustainability and climate policy action. Um, but it's so hard to know what's really going on. Mm -hmm. These are all some awesome tips. So great to hear about all of the resources that are available on the Climate Voice website. And so specifically relating to the one in five campaign, how can students get more involved with that? Right now the main action is to sign the petition. So you can go to the one in five for 1.5 website linked to on the Climate Voice website. Um, and we're really just asking anybody and everybody to sign the petition and to share it with their networks, especially if they know anybody at these tech companies directly. We're also hosting a series of events in April, some of which that are specifically targeted to students and some are just targeted broadly towards learning. We have a series called Climate Voices with Bill Weil, where we're essentially just trying to explain what the kind of what the situation is and how can we change it. Um, so those are the, the two main actions that I really encourage you to take. I think the petition is key and a pretty low effort action to take. I mean, it takes 30 seconds to sign and it's not like you're signing your life away. Awesome. Thank you so much for speaking on that. Everybody should definitely follow Climate Voice on all of their social media accounts and check out their website. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put all the um, links and resources on our Instagram page as well. So you guys can easily find those. Um, tying into our next question. So these corporations that Climate Voice are tackling are huge. Um, they have billions of dollars of power and um, political power as well. So my question was, how does Climate Voice go about tackling these huge corporations? And uh, going off that, what results has Climate Voice seen so far? Yeah, so it's an interesting question. At the end of the day, though, companies are just made out of people, right? And I think I, I think a lot about at what point does kind of a company like Apple, let's say, become Apple versus kind of just become the collection of people that are Apple and making the decisions at Apple. Um, I think that's where it comes back to our theory of change of just trying to kind of engage with corporations on a very human level, right? So thinking about the employees of the companies and having those employees like talk to their bosses and bosses, bosses, right? And just kind of scaling up kind of the amplification of this word in our theory of change. Um, 
And I think that that that's one way that internally we're going to see our theory of change get to these companies, right? Um, I think another is just outward public pressure, right? And so companies care about their image in the press, right? Like they want a good reputation. If you start creating a lot of negative buzz or just kind of expecting more from these companies, then more is going to be expected from these companies, right? And so I think another tactic that we're really trying to take is similar to what Change the Chamber is doing, um, just drawing a media attention to this issue, um, amplifying our petition, right? And trying to get as many petition signers on this one in five pro for 1.5 petition as possible. Um, and we think that in doing both of those that we'll be able to essentially take the corporation from this kind of high of far off Apple, Facebook, Amazon type name to really like the collection of individuals that make the decisions of these companies. Yeah, I think I just wanted to say that you, uh, Tessa, you're talking about the relatively small actions about people wanting to be vegan or like whatever they buy having an impact when it comes to climate change. And then you also talked about the relatively small actions we can take uh, when it comes to being a part of Climate Voice or being a part of these other organizations that uh, directly um, go after like corporations. And I think it kind of shows that um, using our voice is more valuable than using our wallet. And that's something that I think is really important and more of us need to um, have that sink in. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think, though, we live in a world where the wallet matters, right? And I think that as individuals, I mean, the amount of most of most of individuals, right, the amount of money that we have is not at any scale that the amount of money that these companies have, right? And so I think that, I mean, as frustrating as it is at times that whoever has the money is essentially kind of running the show. Um, I think we need to get those people on board one way or another, right? So whether we need to get the companies in their one in five campaign, we need the companies to commit the money, right? I mean, I would love, I mean, we could live in a world where lobbying wasn't an issue, right? And that lobbying didn't exist. I mean, we live in a world where lobbying is so core to the American political process. And I think that we, I know it's tricky, right? I mean, you guys at Change the Chamber, we're essentially trying to change how the chamber is lobbying and not to essentially engage in any sort of anti-climate lobbying, right? And that's so important. Um, and I think that our two campaigns, right? Like you guys trying to kind of stop the negative aspects of lobbying are so important. I think we're trying to come at it too from trying to get these companies who could care and who could kind of help outweigh that to start speaking up and engaging on the matter as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, like we need to see, we need to see 50% of emissions reductions by 2030. I don't know when we're going to see a complete overhaul of the American political process. Um, I don't think it's gonna be by 2030. Um, so I think that's why we're trying to motivate the companies who could change this debate to really start speaking up and putting their wallet where their mouth is. I mean, we see this all the time, right? And fossil fuel companies with the greenwashing that they do that they're just blanketly saying that they're committed to supporting a carbon price, right? Or taking action on climate. But when you really look at the amount of money that they're devoting towards 
X, Y, or Z effort, it's minuscule compared to the amount of money that they're spending kind of continually lobbying against climate or just continuing to put money into like new fossil fuel resource and development. Um, and so I think that we need to see more alignment with where people's mouths are and where their wallets are. And this is why our two campaigns are such good friends because we both come to work towards one specific goal, but from two different perspectives and two different ways of doing that. But ultimately we're trying to do the same thing. Yeah, and they're both so important. Once again, thank you so much, Tessa, for joining us. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and to hear about Climate Voice and the work you're doing with the new campaign, One in Five for 1.5. So like usual, to wrap up this episode, we like to give our guests 60 seconds to just pitch or share anything you're working on, what you're excited about, or any final message you would like to share with listeners. The floor is yours. So as I've been saying this whole episode, Climate Voice is really trying to engage the workforce to push companies to go all in on climate, both in business practice and in policy and advocacy. We as individuals have more influence over this process than we think, and we really have a ton of opportunity if we speak out and start using our voice, and companies will listen. Companies need to start speaking out and engaging in these policy debates if we're going to see the policy that we need pass. Um, and I think you as an individual have more, have more agency and ownership over this than you might think. And so definitely don't be afraid to speak up because you can make the change that you want to see. Awesome. <laughs> happy as it is. Thank you, Tessa, for joining us today to share about Climate Voice's new campaign. To our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Climate. Before you go, don't forget to like us, subscribe, and rate us five stars on your podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk About Climate Pod and Twitter at Talk Climate Pod, and check out our website, changethechamber.org. You can find all the links in the description. With that, this is Let's Talk About Climate. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>